Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Jacob with Unleashing Intuition Secrets. Joined once again by Dr. Kirk Elliott. We're going to talk about the thing that we all love, and that's silver and the economy. So you don't want to miss this because the economy is definitely going to go uh, off the rails here eventually. We've been tracking it. We've been helping you guys out. A lot of you guys have gotten a lot of silver. Uh, we're really happy. Hopefully you bought that dip because now it's like skyrocketing. <laughs> it is skyrocketing. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where silver was in the upper 17s. Yeah. Now we're at like 20, 27. But, you know, so we've we've been talking about this rate increase for for since the last rate increase, right? Because we know that they've they've already projected it. They are going to raise rates every single month this year. They told us this at the beginning of the year. People said, ah, it's not going to be that bad, right? But it is. And so what the problem is, Michael, is, is it's not going to help. And and what okay. So I had this theory and it's going to play out. And so so the the very mechanism they are using to to slow down inflation is going to cause more inflation. And I'm going to explain why. So it it's it's interesting because three months ago. Um, the Fed raised rate a quarter of a point. Two months ago, half a point. Last month, three quarters of a point. Two days ago, three quarters of a point, right? So not only are they raising rates, but they're accelerating the rate at which they raise rates, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, and that this just tells us they, they have no idea what to do. They don't know, they don't know how to, how to slow this thing down. But the problem is it's not just America. You've got, you've got, quantitative tightening so meaning they're raising rates making borrowing more expensive that's tightening in europe in in japan in india right it's country after country after country so what does china have to do with all this china is the largest holder of of foreign countries treasuries on the planet right they were the largest holder of u.s treasuries until were yeah a couple weeks ago yeah so they're dumping their U.S. treasuries on the open market. So now for the first time since 2010, they have less than a trillion dollars of U.S. treasuries. Well, a trillion is still a lot of treasuries, right? But it's the lowest it's been in the last 12 years. They're dumping them. They're also dumping European treasuries. They're dumping Japanese treasuries, right? Mm. And we have to ask ourselves, why? Why are they doing this? So to answer that why, we have to understand how the bond market works. So a treasury is just like a 30-year bond. It's it's a 30-year bond. So nobody holds bonds until maturity. They always sell them. I mean, are you going to hold something for 30 years? No, right? Everybody sells bonds early. And so when interest rates go up, the value of those bonds come down, right? So when interest rates go down, the value of bonds goes up. There's an inverse relationship. So the fact that we've seen rates go up a quarter of a point, half a point, three quarters, three quarters, right? Rates are going up. So the value of bonds comes down every single month. 
So with China holding these things, they're just being a smart business person, I suppose, right? It's like, well, I could sell them now and get a higher price, or I could sell them next month and get a lower price, or I could sell them two months from now and get even a lower price. So what are they doing? They're dumping them. So now, what does this mean for us as, as Americans? Well, we have no foreign capital inflow coming in to our U.S. treasuries because the largest holder is now dumping them. So are other countries, right? Because they don't want to get a lower price down the road. This problem is accelerating globally. And it's not just a problem here. It's a problem in Europe. It's a problem in Japan. So because everybody's raising rates to try to slow down this global inflation that we're seeing. So here's the issue of, of my theory. So the Fed did what to, to slow down inflation? They raised interest rates. When they raised interest rates, it caused China to dump our treasuries. But just because they're not investing in treasuries anymore, does that mean our debt goes away? No. We still have $30 trillion national debt that we have interest payments on. We still have stimulus that we have to pay. We still have entitlements. We still have to run the country, right? Our debts didn't go away. So therefore, if we're not getting any foreign capital inflow, we still have debts. How do you pay for it? You inflate. You just print, 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 print. So, so that causes inflation. So the very mechanism that they used raising rates to slow down inflation is causing more inflation because now China's dumping our treasuries. And so this is a problem that really is going to be it, not just difficult to fix, it might be impossible to fix. I mean, it. I think things just actually need to implode to, to fix it um, because they've created a monster that they can't kill. Yeah, and they're, they're buying up debt uh, big time because the uh, the ten year Treasury uh, note was like skyrocketing, uh, and that's what that's what was causing the, the stock market to crater. Uh, and then they came, all the central banks of the world came out and said, "We're going to start to aggressively buy debt," and they have been. That's driven down the prices. So, like we're talking about, uh, the yields are, are are cratering, whereas before people were like you know going into bonds, and now they're coming out of bonds and going back in the stock market. So the stock market, as we're seeing today, it's uh, it's up, I think, over 300 points. Last I looked, um, silver's up 20. It's up to 2020 the last time I looked. So it's uh, and gold is up big, uh, but silver is outperforming massively uh, in in relation to uh, gold uh, percentage wise. So it's it's very interesting because all the stuff we've talked about, uh, you've been sharing, and I've been like your 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 wingman saying, yeah, what he said and like shooting down, right. the, shooting down the knuckleheads getting away. <laughs> so what uh, we're, we're definitely hitting an area where we're going to see decreasing prices in some areas, because as the inflation rate goes up, it craters like we're seeing right now, housing. Well, okay. So housing is a big deal. So we've seen a decline in new mortgage applications five months in a row. Not just once, every month for the last five months, this has been coming down. But that makes sense because nobody really pays cash for houses. They finance them, right? So as rates go up, the affordability for houses comes down. As there's less demand for houses, the housing prices are going to crater, right? This is just simply a function of, of interest rates and interest rates are going up. Now, I'm not the world's foremost expert on real estate. I know it, but who is? 
Blackstone is, right? Blackstone has $290 billion of real estate holdings. Billion. I mean, they're big, right? So so when they talk about real estate, I'm going to listen, right? So, so what have they been doing over this last, you know, six months of this year? They've been getting investor capital to come in and they've got this powder keg of cash, $50 billion. And they just made this announcement a few days ago and they're bragging about it. And they're saying, we've got $50 billion in cash and we're going to buy real estate with it, but not now. <laughs> they're, they're waiting for it to crater oh, yeah. and they're going to buy it up at pennies on the dollar. And so they know real estate better than I do. They know it better than you do. They know it better than anybody does, right? So when they're, they've got $50 billion and they're having patience, they're saying, we love real estate, but we don't love it right now. We're going to wait until it craters. And because they know that it's going to, because it's simply a function of interest rates and people not being able to afford homes. And, and so, or, or commercial real estate. I mean, this is a problem. So what, what, but we're, what we're doing, Michael, is identifying it, right? So we're, we're seeing what's coming um, and it doesn't take rocket science. And you know, who else sees that bad stuff is coming is um, the Biden administration. <laughs> so they're okay. I don't even know how to explain this, but they're delusional for, for lack of a better term. So Janet Yellen, treasury secretary, most exceptionally incompetent treasury secretary ever. So they're changing the definitions of words because it's an election year, right? You can't say the R word, the recession word during an election year. So here's our treasury secretary, a quote that she made a couple of days ago. This is not an economy that's in recession, but we're in a period of transition in which growth is slowing. So they're saying, we're not in a recession. We're just in an economy where growth is slowing. It's like, come on. It's the same thing, but you can't say the R word. How would she, how would she define depression then? Because technically we're actually in a depression, right? So what would you say? This is not an economy that's in a depression, but we're in a period of transition in which nothing is happening, right? I mean, what would she say? I mean, she for but but I get it. So so what this just told me is nothing can be said about recession unless Biden says that they can say something about it, but they're not going to say the word recession until after the election, right? So they're just saying this is trans remember transitory inflation when they all got caught saying that stupid word, and then then it's not transitory. Transitory means temporary. This is not temporary. This is more permanent. When you're printing money, that money is in circulation. That's more of a permanent thing, right? And then other policies that they've had are, are now causing massive mayhem, like rising taxes, rising interest rates, inflationary pressures, people not working, you know. And so, so banks are shutting down in China, because of all of this, they have no money. They're telling the poor Chinese citizens, hey, you don't get your deposits out. And, and what we talked about last week is social chaos always follows economic upheaval. It always does. And what makes uh, a Chinese bank different than an American bank? It's the name. <laughs> I mean, a bank is a place that lends out money to people who need money to actually fund their lifestyle or to build their businesses, right? 
That's what a bank is. I don't care what country you're in. That's, and so in China, they've run out of money. They're withholding people's deposits. In America, they're starting to run out of money and they're going to withhold people's deposits. Even, even Jamie Dimon, CEO of Chase, said last week, he said, hey, Chase deposit depositors, account holders, we might have a time here coming up where it's going to be difficult uh, or you might not get your deposits out quickly. It's like, what is he saying? He's saying that they're running out of money, right? And this is Chase. This is the largest bank in America, right? What about the middle-sized banks and what about the small ones? What kind of a pickle are they going to be in, right? If the biggest one is having a liquidity crunch, well, this is this is not good. And and he go he went on to say everything that you and I are saying, which is which is amazing. Um, that he was acknowledging that, right? He said, we've got inflationary pressures, there's supply chain disruptions, we've got a slowing down of the economy, and we're probably going to hit a recession somewhere down the road. See, Jamie Dimon, when you analyze his speech, somewhere down the road is like his little thing. That's his saying, right? It, it just means pretty much right now is <laughs> what it means for him. But but he, like Janet Yellen, doesn't want to like have extreme language and saying that we've got a problem right here, right now. It's always somewhere down the road, but the somewhere down the road starts like here, right? So we've got banking problems in this country, Michael. We've got we've got liquidity crisis. We've got rising interest rates, which there is no sign of them slowing down anytime in the near future because the inflation pressures are going to persist. And we've talked about this for weeks about what comes at the end of this fall mm -hmm. is foodflation like nothing we've ever seen because the lack of fertilizer is causing the yield to go down and, and the harvest is going to be small. And we've, we've seriously got, got issues. And, and, I, and I read a, an article two days ago about ranchers in Texas slaughtering their cattle because they can't afford to feed them. Mm -hmm. Right. And this is why meat prices are going through the roof, too. And so so there's there's a cause and effect to every decision that is made, whether it's going to be a good cause, you know, or bad, or, you know, bad effect or good effect. Right. From a bad decision or a good decision. Right. There's always cause and effect. Everything that we are seeing right now is because of not just a year but really decades of financial mismanagement at the central banking level. But, but, but more specifically, bad, bad, bad decisions coming out of this administration regarding taxes and, and foreign policy and what they're doing with Russia and Ukraine and what they're doing with the printing of money and, and the stimulus programs and, and COVID, right? I mean, all of it is causing the world that we live in right now. And so what we need to do is identify these things and act accordingly so we can be um, in the right place at the right time. Yeah, we're going to we're going to see a, a massive uh, upswing at, at some point once the stock market, you know, reaches its its uh, peak. Uh, so we'll probably see uh, maybe another peak in the stock market. It always happens. Um, it's it's still going up big today. Uh, silver's up big. It's up almost uh, two percent again. Uh, so there's there's going to be uh, at some point uh, the debt will become unsustainable and it will start to uh, create the stock market again. And uh, when that happens, 
as ha as has happened in every stock market crash, there's uh, the deflationary period. So when you have a depression, which we're probably going to, you know, post a depression because uh, you have three consecutive quarters of um, negative growth, which we're going to have. It's basically a depression, whether they want to call it that or not. It is what it is. And uh, when you go into a depression, as we've seen in the past, uh, they don't they do not like that. They like inflation. They like that's why they're pushing it right now. Because it makes the dollar stronger. Now we're seeing the dollar actually turn around. When they usually when they raise the rates, uh, the dollar dollar gets stronger because people want to buy the bonds and so forth. But it's not happening this time because as you're talking about China and other countries are dumping bonds. Could be a little bit of economic warfare going on with China too. You don't know because uh, they're they're getting a lot of pressure. Nancy Pelosi wants to go visit Taiwan, and they're saying that's not a good thing to do. And so maybe they're just uh, sending a signal. Don't mess with us, you know, type thing. So uh, I remember reading that, you know, if the Chinese ever decide to dump their bonds, that will be the biggest catalyst for a stock market crash we've ever seen. And here they're dumping them right now. So we're like, OK, so at some point this is going to happen. So the deflationary period uh, leads to everyone going into commodities, silver. Uh, and then, like we talked about, eventually gold. Now, silver will go to and unprecedented um level because it's it it's never we've never been in this situation where the actual fiat currency is going to you know become so so devalued uh that it's almost and maybe will be worthless uh so people will have to go to uh silver and gold and they'll go in big big numbers so the people that are getting in now and that have gotten in now are going to be rewarded it's only a small percentage that do that and that's mm -hmm. That's unfortunate, but, you know, the people that are uh, getting into silver right now, they will have not a generational uh, wealth, but multi-generational wealth by going into silver. And they'll be the ones that are picking over the bones like BlackRock will be uh, and buying housing, housing very cheap and uh, and then building, you know, uh, amazing portfolios and so forth. Because eventually we go into gold, gold goes up, and then we use all that money to get back in the stock market and buy it cheap. So everything cheap. It'll be good. You got it. I mean, seriously, we're going to see we're going to this is going to be one of the weirdest times economically ever because the inflationary pressures are going to cause some things to just go through the roof. But the lack of funds is going to cause deflation and other asset classes. And they're both going to be working at the same time. And economists are going to be going crazy. It's like, are we in inflation or deflation? And we're going to be in both. Yeah. Right. You will have deflation in the stock market. You will have deflation in the bond market. You will have deflation in the um, real estate market. You're going to see some stuff go through the roof like gold and silver. Right. You're going to see the money supply just explode. I mean, so so economists are going to have to be careful when they start defining are we in inflation or deflation, because we are going to have both at the same time in different asset categories. And this is. What happens when economies start to fall apart? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, the best way to position yourself and take advantage of this, this downturn that's coming is, is to get into silver, like we've been talking about. Now, to get, get to your site, it's Kirk Elliott, PhD, and Kirk, K I R K Elliott with two L's and two T's, PhD.com. And then the phone number is 720605. Three nine zero zero, because I'm like every every uh, other month I usually put this on my um, my Audible uh, sites, 
So we'll put this up on Audible and I'll I'll put it on uh, Facebook so people can hear, you know, where to go and just just mention that you heard it on Michael Jacobs show and that'll be awesome. Uh so what do we do? Uh we we invest in silver. You book an appointment, it's a free appointment. Schedule a call, ask a question. It's very 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 simple. Uh I've been investing. In fact, I'm going to even though silver's up Today, I'm going to buy more silver before it goes up too much more. So I, I buy silver every month, uh, and I do it with Dr. Kirk Elliott and his team. It's very simple. Once you set it up, it just is so easy. Uh, I send send a wire transfer, and boom, they they do you know another big chunk of silver for me. So it's it's accumulating. So uh, what 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 do you recommend as far as like you know when people uh, call up? What what is the what are, what are people normally booking calls for? So because they're scared, I mean, really, people are calling just gripped with fear because they have IRAs, they have old 401ks, they have these brokerage accounts where they're down 39% year to date in these tech stocks, they're down almost 30% with the S&P 500. They don't want to see their retirement assets or their stocks erode. And they know in their hearts, we got to do something, we got to change here, right? So so they're calling to, to navigate through that and to say, hey, Kirk, what can we do to protect and preserve rather than keep going down with the ship, right? And this is where their normal advisors, their advisors that some of them have had for 10, 20, 30 years, right? Mm. They'll say, just buy and hold. Just keep, The stock market always goes up in the long term. It's like, that's actually a true statement. It is higher than it was in 2009. It's higher than it was in 2000, right? But but it took people like eight years to recover after 2009. It took people nine years to recover after 2000. Some of us might not have that, that time frame, right? depending on our age. We do not want to, but there's much better way anyways, right? Don't buy and hold for the long term because that, that minimizes your profits over time. We want to maximize our profits. And that's when you identify the trends, when you act with the wisdom and discernment that God gives all of us, right? We can identify those. We can buy low and sell high. We can get out of things when they're coming down, get into things when they're going up. And that's what we help navigate people through. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. So I, you know, I love, uh, you know, being part of, of this because we're, you know, helping people uh, get comfortable. Uh, my intuition, like I've talked about before was that, you know, in the last downturn before that last downturn, I was buying silver. I, I kept getting, buy silver, buy silver, buy silver. And I was buying, I was okay. I'm buying a little bit of silver about it here and there. But this time it's, it's the strongest I've ever had it. So mm -hmm. my intuitions have been when, I, when they come in this strong, uh, they, they, they're, they're basically giving me a big heads up because I've been in combat and I, I learned how to listen to these. So it's coming in strong. It's coming in strong, like a combat level, um, you know, intuition. So I, I highly recommend everyone, you know, get some silver. Uh, it's super, super easy. Uh, and then, uh, you know, like we talked about, you know, contact you. Perfect. Sounds like a good plan. We'll be here. Call us, email us, fill out the form and we'll get you on our calendar and help you get out of harm's way. All right. Sounds great. Thanks Dr. Kirk Elliott. And thanks everyone that joined us and we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress 
that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at kirkelliottphd.com.